you've reached the White Caps London podcast. We're about to begin now. Hi there and welcome to the White Caps London podcast. We're in season three. Today I'm very excited to uh, introduce one of our grassroots managers. He's a senior technical director within our club. Uh, he's uh, never been formally introduced on a podcast uh, until today, and I'm very, very excited to uh, to get our have our listeners and our members and everyone else in the soccer community learn more about someone they may know uh, from a previous stint here in London uh, to now a new stint that he's with us. And I'd like to formally uh, welcome Joel Duarte uh, to our. Whitecaps London podcast. Welcome, Joao. Hi, uh, thank you very much, Abby, for the introduction and uh, thank you for um, having me. Uh, it's a, definitely a pleasure to be here uh, and to share this moment with you. Well, I mean, Joao, look, I mean, you're no stranger to so many in this city, truly no stranger, but some of them may not really know Joao outside, you know, saying hi to them or as they drop their child off for for a session and then pick their 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 child up for a session right so i'm this is why i love doing these podcasts joao just to learn a little bit about joao himself and also a little bit about your coaching if i can use uh, a fancy word methodology right but let's just start with really simple stuff joao like where were you born where have you lived i mean I can't believe the amount of cities you've lived, but let's share that with our listeners here. So first of all, where were you born? Where have you lived? Any, are you married? Any children? Anything like that? Go for it. So um, uh, I'm single. I just turned uh, 31 uh, this past um, 10th of January. So it's pretty recent. Um, and uh, I was born in this small uh, city. It's still considered a city, but it's very small. Uh, called Cartaxo, which is in the center of Portugal, um, 30 minutes away from Lisbon, so pretty close to the capital. Uh, I lived there all my youth, um, and it's also where I started playing the beautiful game uh, when I was um, five and a half. Uh, played only exclusively for the local club uh, until the end of um, which was at 19 and then moved to um, the university, but I still continue to live in this local town. So I was driving back and forth each day for, uh, for university. Mm. Um, and then in 2015, it's when uh, my first interna- international um, opportunity came and I started working for uh, this club that it's now uh, doesn't exist anymore uh, due to the COVID pandemic, which was called Global Premier Soccer. So my first international experience was with them in Boston, which was their headquarters. Mm-hmm. Uh, worked there for about eight to nine months. Returned back home for vacation. And then in January 2016, uh, with the same club, just a different franchise, I went to Charleston, South Carolina, um, and worked there um, with our club, uh, especially on the female side of the program there, um, for about six months until June, and that's when I made my transition into the uh, good side of the border, which is Canada, uh, to work <laughs> for the um, Byron Soccer Club um, within the partnership with GPS uh, of June of 2016. And then I spent um, 
a lot of years, a couple of years working uh, with Byron closely until the pandemic hit, which then, as I said previously, just made the whole <clears throat> GPS um, program fall apart and forced me to go back to Portugal, uh, went back to my local town, uh, enroll into a master's program. Uh, there just to keep myself busy and then still coaching on um, a local club not on my local city but um, just uh, 30 minutes away um, on the female side because I didn't have that, that experience since the game of female in Portugal has grown so much so um, definitely it's been a little bit of a roller coaster as you as you said mm-hmm. and um, and yeah like um uh, I'm still very young and it's already like so many things going on and so many uh, challenges and experiences that um, I have um, I've gone through uh, with my uh, career and it's definitely being uh, an enjoyable journey. Mm. I mean, what a journey. Okay, let's let's just uh, recap the, the city. Sorry, let's just uh, so Portugal. Uh, then you went to well, just before North Carolina, where did you go? Boston. In Boston. How did you leave Boston? I mean, let's let's just talk about Boston alone. But we would take up this whole podcast talking about Boston, one of my favorite cities in the world, hands down. So then you go to Charleston, North Carolina. South, from South there, Carolina. South Carolina, sorry. Char- of course, I'm so embarrassed I did that. And then you hit, uh, then you came to London, Ontario, right? Yes. Uh, amazing what a journey I mean you know Joao the one thing that I find incredibly fascinating about your journey is the fact that you know when you started coaching you're pretty young I mean most I and I know like the cultures are different you know um, I spoke to another coach who grew up in the UK um, that's with our club and I'm speaking to you that grew up uh, you know in Portugal I find it incredibly fascinating how young some or some of you began coaching that aren't from Canada, right? And I think that's just an area of opportunity that we have here in Canada. Like we need to really step up our game that way. Like what what age bracket did you, you know, kind of realize, hey, you know what? I really love this or I want to focus on coaching. How old were you? So uh, that's definitely an interesting story. Um, So... This was not really something that I said, oh, you know what, I enjoy this and I think that I'm going to make this a career. So uh, it was more of I was as any other young Portuguese um, person, you know, having this dream of becoming a professional soccer player since I was very young. And then it's just like that point that you realize like there's something missing. It was a lot to do with the physical side. So mm-hmm. I struggled sometimes to keep up with the pace of the game. Um, so I just start realizing that I have to think about another career for my future. And that was about when I was around 15, 16 years old. So I continued to play the game, of course, because that was, and it still is, one of my biggest uh, passions. Um, but I, around that age, I kind of realized that there was really no future on the professional side of things, at least in my own country. Mm-hmm. And, um, and that's when I started to be a little bit more, uh, thinking of what I should do as a career. And, uh, my, actually my plan was to become a, a physical education teacher. 
so that was the area that I wanted to go to be connected to sport because I always had a lot of love for the sport in general. And then, of course, to football as a whole. I say football because that's how that's I still it call is. it. Yeah, yeah, of course. Of course. Hey, you know what? It, that's changing here in Canada. You're you're hearing people call this football nowadays, right? They're not calling it soccer as much. Uh, at least I find that. But go ahead. Carry on, please. Yeah. And then and so um, I looked at two physical education programs. They, the closest one uh, from my home was probably Lisbon. Um, we were not ready to make that move. When I say we, I say like uh, my family and I, um, because it, it, it will require myself to move for college. Um, mm-hmm. based on the financial situation that we had at that moment. We just decided that it was much better to just stay as close to home as possible. So mm-hmm. I um, went to this university in uh, Rio Maior, which is like, uh, it's considered the city of sport. However, oh. they, they, they don't have a or degree. So I end up enrolling and what I found that was something that I can see myself in without really knowing much about it, which was sports coaching. So uh, on the first day when I had to do my uh, registration, I get this question, which was, which sport you want to do your degree in? Mm. And I was like, I don't even knew that I had to answer that question. So it was pretty easy for me to say soccer. At that time, for sure. And then... um, after that, and as I started going to classes and stuff, I just figured out that that was actually a degree to become a sports coach in football. So uh, I said to myself, okay, I'm going to give up of my plan because my plan was to do the first three years locally and then maybe do a master's program that will allow me to become a physical education teacher. Mm-hmm. I fall in love with a course because it was only related to football instead of um you know all the sports and then yeah like from that point especially after the first year i said to myself this is going to be the the career that i'm going to put a lot of effort and try to to grow um as we move on hey joel look some of us fall into careers that we're not happy about but we just you know it is what it is and some of us fall into something like you. So it's not a bad, it's not a bad thing that happened to Joel, right? For sure. I mean, look at, look what this game's done for you. It's brought you to so many different corners of the world. I mean, obviously you're still very young. Um, so just curious. So the first time you're hired out of this program, and I'm, I'm not saying volunteer, but the first time you're actually hired as a coach, how old were you? Um, do you mean as a full-time or yeah. even as a yeah. part-time? No, no. I mean, Joao, we, we're hiring you as a full-time coach. This is your program. This is what you're going to be looking after. How old were you? So that was back in 2015. So I'm not very good at math, but uh, I was probably, I think, 24, 25. Wow, that's incredible. I mean, really, truly. And at that point... What licensing do you have at age 24, 25? So at that point, I had UFSC. Um, okay. And I had I had um, also, let's say, the um, classroom part of the UFAB done. And then I just needed to do like um, the assessment throughout a year 
of being right. on the field to get them the completion for my UFAB. And this was all just part of the course that you had had been enrolled in back in Portugal. Exactly, because it's uh, it's three years uh, full time of talking of everything related to football and also related to the side uh, fields that are part mm -hmm. of the of the game. So um, we had, of course, uh, a lot of hours just on the coaching methodology football, but we also had some side courses like biomechanics, uh, psychology, um, group dynamics on team building extensive three years which mm -hmm. definitely um like the base and the foundation of the knowledge on how to uh turn the player uh mentality and going into the coaching mentality was was definitely like uh, a huge help you know i gotta tell you i'm i sometimes i'm so frustrated i would have loved to to been born and raised in an environment that just was football crazy just like that right uh i mean What a dream. What a dream. I mean, truly a dream. And uh, maybe you don't realize how cool it is because you grew up in it, right? But I think it's really cool. Um, I mean, just think about where the beautiful games brought you, right? Boston, uh, Charleston, and then, you know, here in London for two different stints, right? So one with Byron and now you're with us. So um, so you didn't play much, but do you miss playing? Like, do you, do you kind of wish that Do you ever reflect and go, God, I wish I, I wish I was a player or, or no, did you grow up with anyone that ended up playing at a national level or anything like that back in Portugal? So um, definitely there was a couple of players that uh, have played in the local club uh, with me, um, not particularly in my team, but uh, some older uh, players that um got signed by uh, bigger clubs and then uh, some of them uh, played for the national team on the youth side of things. I, I will mm -hmm. say that the highest will probably be the under 21s. Mm -hmm. So um, there was this player that got signed by Benfica on an earlier age, probably around 15. Uh, I remember playing with him because uh, he was one year older than me for a tournament um, in my hometown. And then that tournament, uh, Benfica Sporting and uh, Boa Vista were there playing in the tournament. And that was more than enough for Benfica to just sign him the, the year after. And he went mm -hmm. all the way to be the um, under-18s and under-19s captain for Benfica. Uh, mm -hmm. He didn't really play a lot of games for the first team. I don't even know if he actually uh, played any with the Benfica jersey. But then he had a pretty good career. Uh, overseas and Denmark and uh, and all of that and um, I think he recently just uh, hang his boots but definitely there was a couple of players I remember another player that uh, was a little bit older than this one that uh, went and got one cap for the under 17s for Portugal so uh, there was definitely um, some quality in the in the area mm -hmm. there was other players that played for bigger clubs but didn't reach the uh, the national level. team level got it um let's get back to joao i mean I, i i always find that cool i was kind of wondering if you you know ended up playing soccer with ronaldo or somebody like that but it's okay my favorite player is david Villa, but actually someone else but it's okay how about this let's see tell me more about like because joao the one thing i've noticed about you is that you really love coaching like there's 
there's people that coach that, you know, they love it. And then I just see a different level when, when you're speaking to players or when you're guiding them through a, a match, like what's your favorite part about coaching? Like, have you ever asked yourself or thought, what's your uh, favorite part? Like, what is your favorite part? I think one of the, the biggest parts in the, I, I've been more on the youth uh, side of the game. Uh, mm-hmm. It's actually to, you know, create that culture, like that changing culture uh, of, you know, making players more aware of uh, of the game and creating that culture around the game that people fall in love with the game and stick with the game as I did when I was young and I'm still here. So mm-hmm. um, being able to create uh, that legacy um, as a team, which it's definitely easier, but then also like as a club, that's definitely something that excites me every day and um, and to make sure that we can get that those players to develop uh, on the way that the modern game is played, um, w- which is constantly evolving. It's, mm-hmm. uh, it's definitely something that excites me, keeps me in the game, and it's always a pleasure to, to wake up each day knowing that uh, you're going to have an impact on uh, someone else's lives as much as these same players are going to have an impact on you, on your growth as a coach, but also on your growth as a person. And I've mm-hmm. learned so much with uh, some of the uh, players that I had the chance to, um, to coach, right? Uh, mm-hmm. Some of them I've coached for maybe a couple of weeks. Some of them I've coached them for months. Some uh, coached them for a lot of years, maybe some of them just a year or two. But uh, some of them have impacted me in different ways, right? And, mm-hmm. um, and, and that was, for example, one of the players I will always uh, remember because of the work ethic and because of the, uh, what, how they were driven from the sport and all of that will be Sadie Waite that I had to, the chance to, to train um, when I got to London and to coach for Byron, uh, the O3 team. Mm-hmm. Um, like that is just one of the examples, right? And and she went all the way to to make the Rex program, and now she she just committed to a college um, in the U.S., right? Mm-hmm. So definitely, there's lots of players that have impacted me, and I just I hope that some uh, some players will just say that uh, they're like I'm one of the persons that have made a huge impact on their lives. Uh, as an athlete or even as a person, right? Because that, I think it's the the beauty of the game um, for youth, right? Because we have to think about the 99 that potentially will not make it pro, but we also have to uh, think about that 1% or less than 1% that might and making sure that we put the expectations for everyone and creating that culture around the sport. Mm-hmm. And, and that's everything you just said there in a nutshell is is, is 100%. I mean, not only will you learn from a player, but, a, you, you know, you're, you're hoping to make an impact to them, right? You're a mentor. You're, 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 that, you're that figure that is there to teach and instruct. Um, that kind of brings us beautifully into the next kind of question I have for you. And it's, it's, a, it's called a signature. Like, so basically, you know, people that I manage at work know, know what Abby's looking for. Um, I call it the signature, right? Every coach has a signature, Joao. So, you know, the way someone else coaches a team versus the way you would coach a team or the way you would handle a situation is very different from perhaps how someone else would handle a situation. I call these signatures, right? 
what is yours? Like, what is something, um, what is your signature? What, what is something that you need from your team or your coaches or your players? Like what, what is this? I hope I'm explaining this correctly, like, or what I'm looking for, but what really is Joelle's signature? What, if you were coaching me for a year and then I ended up having a coach, what would I think about? What do you think? Um, it's a very, um, I will say like big question and the point that uh, we can go different ways with the answer. Um, mm-hmm. I will say that um, definitely uh, I'm the type of coach that wants um, the players to be open about anything that goes on. Um, I try this um, with all my teams, but of course, especially the older teams, because uh, I do remember my times as a player. And uh, when you're young and when you're a teenager, there's definitely a lot of things that impact your daily uh, issues, uh, like concerns, uh, whatever happened throughout the day that might upset you or put you in a different mood. And uh, I always saw the sport as a player as like something that I will go there, forget all my problems and just enjoy the game and have fun, even though that I want to be as competitive as possible. Mm-hmm. So uh, I always... Um, open up to players to make sure that they feel safe and and welcome into an environment that if they had a bad day uh, at school, whatever. uh, I even go uh, a little harder than that sometimes and I say, if you have any issues with your boyfriends or your girlfriends, like I don't need to know what it is. I just need to go to know from the start that um, there's something going on that might affect your performance today, right? Because... Mm -hmm. um, my, I will say my signature is um, maximum effort is the minimum requirement, right? So if you have a bad day at work, definitely there's going to be that affecting you that you cannot perform. And then I might just go and ask more of you, but you're already not in a good spot because your day was not as good, right? So that's why I, uh, I always ask the players to come forward and say, I didn't have a good day today. So that way I can manage how I'm going to interact with this player, right? So mm-hmm. um, for me, it's very important that tailor-made um, situation there so you can manage the team and the individuals much better knowing mm-hmm. just the minimum, which is, okay, they didn't have a good day. I don't need to know why. Uh, I just need to know that uh, now I have to give some feedback differently to this player. Right. And and that's so encouraging to hear. And this is why I'm thrilled to have you in our program, like, because you're understanding the bigger picture, right? I mean, yeah, show up on time, but you know what? You can tell if a kid's off, why would you keep pounding um, somebody, if, you know, and what you're saying is perfect. Hey, listen, if you're having a bad day, it's okay. Like we all have bad days. Let's just work through it together and stay focused. And I love that. I mean, for me, your signature is that I find you very approachable. I find you um, very open. Um, and, you know, if I challenge you with something as an administration um, of the club, I, I find that you're so welcoming. I mean, you know, you may like it, you may not like it, but you're always open to to the discussion of something. And, you know, that that's a signature that I see that you have. That's a fantastic piece. Um, what's the coolest thing, Joao? In, you, in all the year, years that you've been um, coaching, this might be really hard for you to narrow it down to one thing. 
Um, and it could be one of three things, right? But if you just want to give us one or two, that's cool too. What's one thing that stands out so far? What's the coolest thing that's happened? Whether it was a win, a success story. I know you mentioned Sadie. Um, so I, you can't use Sadie, right? But, you know, what's the coolest thing that's happened to you as a coach so far in your capacity as a coach? Um, I... I will say I have a couple that I can narrow down to a couple, not one. Um, right. So in 2018, uh, through the partnership that um, my uh, previous club had with uh, FC Bayern Munich, I had the chance to go to Germany and spend a week at their academy. Um, so that was definitely mind-blowing to just have that opportunity to be um just feel part of their family and go and watch sessions uh, and talk with people. And we had a couple of days of classroom sessions. Uh, I watched the youth Champions League game against Benfica. I watched the Champions League game for the men's team uh, against Benfica as well. I watched the Bundesliga game at the stadium, Allianz Arena. That is definitely going to be uh my top one uh, on the soccer perspective, on the football perspective, uh, that um, has left has left some marks. Yeah, uh, you're not. Marks, yeah, of can't, course. can't disagree with that one. Yeah, I, I don't even know what you would. Yeah, wow, that's amazing. Okay, keep, uh, yeah, what's your what's your next one? Yeah, like uh, I I still remember like uh, having lunch on the cafeteria, and then suddenly the under seventeen coach for Bayern Munich is eating like behind me. And this coach is just Miroslav Klose, like World Cup champion. <laughs> wow. uh, it, it was like one of the record uh, the record guys for the amount of goals in World Cups until Ronaldo passed him. It's just insane, right? Right. So a um, uh, second one will uh, probably be um, when I went to Greece. So I took a team to Greece uh, for a tournament, but I've never seen these kids before. So we picked the team uh, because it was a like a national team selection of uh, of our franchise clubs, and mm-hmm. we picked the team um, based on their local coaches' quality um, to go to Greece. And the first time that I met some of them was at the Toronto airport because they wanted to do the trip with me from Toronto because some of them were from Rochester, New York, mm-hmm. uh, and I met all the team in Athens. So that's where we did our first couple of sessions. And then um, we just explored the city for a little bit and then went to Napoleon, which was where the tournament was being held. And there's where I met the final two players that were from Greece that were joining our group. Um, And we had a couple of practice. I think it was like one or two before we started the tournament. So it was definitely one of my biggest challenges. How I'm going to go into a competition? I don't know the players that much. How can we get people from all over the place together for this, right? I had a player from Puerto Rico. I had two players from 80 that didn't speak the language. So I had to have like someone helping on the French side of things. It was an outstanding um, just experience. And then we actually... Uh, won the tournament on our bracket. So on the under-18 bracket, Mm. we won the tournament. It was amazing. So it was definitely an experience that I'm going to keep on my mind uh, as the years go by, for sure. That's definitely rewarding. I mean, both of those are really good, Joel. No wonder, I mean, yeah, there's no winner there. They're both 
fantastic because once so satisfying, rewarding as a coach, you're part of this, you know, global kind of, uh, you know, academy stream, bringing all these players together, you're head coaching it. And of course, one of the most beautiful countries in the world, uh, Greece, <laughs> right? And uh, wow, that's amazing. But then the other piece, Bayern Munich, right? You're sitting there. Thank you for sharing those those two amazing, uh, amazing moments with us. Um, so we're just kind of heading into the last couple questions here, Joelle. And before we do, I always do this thing called rapid fire. Um, and I, and I tell you, I think a lot of our listeners love this. And some of them probably are like, oh, this is where I can, you know, take a break right now real quick before he finishes it off. So here we go. We're going to, I asked you a couple questions and then you just got to pick one of the options. Is that cool? Yeah. Okay, here we Good. go. So, so books or movies? Movies. Apple or Android? Apple. Okay, on on pizza, pineapple, yes or no? <laughs> no. No? Okay, no. Nike. I'm surprised with that one. Okay, Nike or Adidas? Uh, Adidas. Steak or chicken? Uh, chicken. Good. I got that one right. There's some of these. I've already uh, guessed to see what you would say to see if I know. Coffee or tea? Uh, coffee. Okay. With regards to chips, do you like plain or do you like ripple? Um, both. But if I have to pick one, I will say um, the, the second option. Yeah, the ripple. So chocolate ice cream or vanilla ice cream? From those two, vanilla. Oh, uh, Okay, I got that one wrong. Okay, last one. Pizza or pasta? Um, oh, that's a hard one. Uh, uh, pizza. Yeah, of course. I mean, yeah, of course. Come on, <laughs> let's be serious here. All right. So, Joao, look, uh, thank you so much for doing this. Um, I'm hoping that all you listeners uh, have gained a, a different insight and perspective to Joao. Uh, again, um, this is his first kind of introduction publicly to the club, and I'm hoping everyone's enjoying it. Um, and Joao, as we as we head into the last couple questions, I'm just curious, um, um, where do you see yourself in about five years from now, six years from now? Do you see yourself still here, or what are your goals? I mean, what are your aspirations as a coach before we get into the last question? So um, definitely. Uh... I just completed my permanent residency, so uh, I've putting a lot of uh, of effort to to be within the country. Uh, that was done before the pandemic, and I just returned um, because I do see myself uh, growing in the at least the Canadian uh, landscape. Um, uh, one of the my biggest goals is definitely um, enrolling into the next coaching certification, which will be my A license. Um, I I would love to be on the UFA license, even though there was there will be some challenges to do it overseas and to do mm-hmm. with some of the requirements. But I will be as happy to enroll into the Canadian A license in the meanwhile until uh, I can move into the UEFA uh, A license. So that's right. definitely in my plans. I had this big goal of uh, of getting it like uh, before thirty or as I'm thirty. Uh, it didn't work out, but I'm still on the uh, on the run to get it as, right. as soon as possible. I think that um, is the next level. I think that's what I need to be. 
because I need to be challenged and I need to, to get into that uh, license um, level to get myself challenges, to, to get myself to learn every become a better coach. Mm-hmm. So we could probably do a part two with you. So, but, uh, you know, Joao, what we'll do is I'll just ask you our last question. Are you ready? Sure. Okay, here we go. So my last question I ask every everyone that's on here, whether you're a parent, player, administrator, or someone involved in the game or not in the game, but anyone that is on our podcast, I end with this question. And the question is a takeaway. I'm looking for something that you could suggest to our listeners, whoever's listening. And it could be a takeaway about soccer. It could be a takeaway about life. It could be a takeaway about how to handle the current state of our pandemic and where we're at with COVID. Um, But essentially I'm looking for something from you that you can share with your listeners that maybe you've learned on how to handle something and something that you could share with us to take away. For sure. Uh, I think it's, it's a little bit related to football and also with life uh, in general. Um, And for me, it's that um, there's no easy way out. And when I say this, it's uh, for anything in life, you have to put the effort, you have to put the work and uh, you have to put uh, your motivation. You have to to make sure that you get all of those ingredients in, in order to succeed. And even with all those ingredients in, sometimes you might not, uh, you might not succeed as, as well as you wanted or, just because it just didn't work out or because there's some, sometimes there's people that are better than you, but it's very important to keep fighting and to keep striving for. So um, maybe it doesn't work as a player. Maybe it works as a coach or maybe it doesn't work as a player here. Maybe it works there. But if, if we really want something, we really need to put the effort and the work in. Right. And sometimes it's easy to just quit, to give up, to, to look for the easy way out, right? And there's none, right? In life, it's the hardest game of your life. So you really have to put everything that you can and overcome the obstacles, right? So I think that's that's one of the major things that I've kept um, just saying to myself and working every day to, to make sure that we can go and uh, look for a better day, for a bigger goal, for achieving higher things. Well, that's quite the takeaway. And you're right. I mean, if you want something, you got to earn it, right? It's not going to fall on your lap. And I think a lot of us need to hear that sometimes that, you know, it's just because you show up doesn't mean you get it, right? It doesn't mean you win. You got to earn it. You got to earn the win and you got to earn what you want. So that's a, that's a fantastic, listen, Joao, thank you. Thank you for taking the time to um, share with our listeners a little bit more about Joao and um, is there anything else before we say goodbye? Um, no, I just wanted to say again, uh, thank you very much, Abby, for, uh, for having uh, me and for, um, for making this podcast a reality. It's definitely, um, it just adds another level to, to our community um, connected to the, to the club and not connected to the club, um, but connected to the city that we are in. Uh, I think it's, it's a great idea. I think it, uh, it brings people together. So um, I was very thrilled to get the invite to be a part of it. And I'm definitely looking forward to, to hear all the episodes of season three. Well, Joel, thank you. And uh, I can't wait to see you explode on the scene in 2022. This will be your first year with our club. You know, 
from the start and not thrown in uh, in the middle of, 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 of the pandemic, right? So look, uh, everyone, that was Joel Duarte and uh, he's our grassroots manager here at Whitecaps London and also part of the senior technical team. So again, thank you, Joel. And thank you everyone and have a wonderful, wonderful evening. Take care.